Belis Daily Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the MBR Radio Network. Joining us on the line now from Bruins Daily and BruinsDaily.com is Tim Rosenthal. Tim has avoided the travel to Toronto this series, which is good. Now, I saw a thing here recently where, uh, where, where Tim, there was some folks from uh, one of the Toronto sites that were trapped in Boston, and I, I guess they had to get a ride back or something. Like, you got to avoid all that. It was There were no yeah. planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah, for sure. I was looking at uh, just my timeline on Twitter um, over the past few days, and it's filled with um, delay, flight delay announcements and people having to use a car and, uh, to go up to Toronto, and some were even diverted to Buffalo, then rented a car to go to Toronto. So that, that had a change. I'm sure that changed um, flight plans altogether. So. I'm just glad to avoid that by right now, even though I do love Toronto as a city. So uh, we're here, and uh, we're here to talk Bruins. Hey, Tim, Maddie and I were in, in charge of the first two games. This the last game was yours. What the hell happened, anyway? <laughs> uh, well, I don't think the Bruins played all that poorly no. by any means. I do think the Leafs came out um, <laughs> with desperation. We saw that in the first two periods, and then Freddie Anderson took over in the third, and he was really stellar all night for that matter, but his save on Pasternak really signified, signaled just at the end there, just really signaled how um, how well the Leafs were playing and how the Bruins were just missing opportunities. They did have several chances. They played well, but they just um, didn't have puck luck on their side. And But the one thing that was concerning were those stretch passes, mm. long stretch passes that led to odd man rushes and that's how Toronto got a couple of those goals, and they're going to need to tighten that up a little bit for uh, Game 4. Yeah, I think they did a really good job of slowing that down. And, you know, going back to the other night, they, they hit the post a couple of times on that power play. That that, cha- that could change the whole complexion of the game. Really yeah, could abso- have. absolutely. I mean, you're looking if you hit the post twice. They got Marchand hit the post. They got Pasternak hit the post. One of those goes in. It's a 3-3 hockey game, and... And it's a totally different um, game. You have the Bruins at that point because it was right at the start of the third period, and you have had the Bruins with all the momentum uh, going into uh, going into the middle uh, of the third and probably the last few minutes there. But that, the bounces just didn't go their way, and um, and um, and that's why we have a two-one series right now. Tim, now. Grizzly didn't play the other night. Now, is he hurt, or is Cassidy down him a little bit because he was a little loose uh, through the middle? Uh, he was a little hurt. He did have a lower body injury, but from what I've heard, uh, from what Cassidy told reporters yesterday, is he should be practicing uh, today with the team. They're on the ice at one o'clock up in Toronto, and. Um, uh, that means we'll probably see him as a game time decision for Thursday. I do suspect that he has a full practice today. If they do a morning skate and he's out there, uh, he'll be in um, for game four. Now, they went back to not playing Donato again. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, you and I already discussed, Donato's not a fourth line guy. No. Um, and he's certainly not going to be in the top two lines. Uh who would you replace if you really thought he might be important? Who would you replace on that third line uh, so that he could play? I think it would have to be uh, Danton Heinen, who's I thought has been playing all right. I think yes. he's more suitable. He's uh, inflexible for a third or fourth line role. We did see Heinen move down to fourth line with the Wingles injury after um, 
the cadre suspension in game one. Um, uh, we saw Haida move down a fourth line to make room for Denaro, but the one thing that happened with Denaro is he didn't get much power play time no. because they have been clicking, uh, both units have been uh, clicking for that matter and, um, uh, in game one and as they did again in uh, game two. So unless there's an injury to one of the top six boards, I don't see Ryan Donato um, getting the lineup anytime soon. The, I think the, you go with the Wingles uh, or Gianta in a bottom six role if someone uh, in, in on the third or fourth line uh, were to go down to injury. Yeah, the other thing with playing him on that third line is they'd all be right-hand shots. Yeah. There would be no left-hand shot there at all. Have. I think yeah. um, the one concerning game uh, two, even though um, it was quite the night for David Pasternak in the Bruins' top line, is that third line... I, I wouldn't say they play poorly, but they didn't stand out by any means. I think uh, the times Toronto did get, establish a push there was when the uh, third line was on the ice. So I, I, I suspect that won't happen again, but uh, you never know because uh, if injuries happen, if uh, hiding uh, slumps, maybe you um, move things around a little bit. Yeah, I didn't think the, the Bruins are quite as physical this last game. I think Toronto came out desperate, like you said, and they were a little more physical, took us out of our game, and uh, it was really the third period before we kind of got it back. Mm-hmm. And that's what home ice can do. You def- um, definitely have the crowd to your favor. And another thing, caveat to home ice, which I think really um, helped the Leafs mm-hmm. in Game 3, is uh, matchups in the last change. Instead of putting Austin Matthews out against the Berger online like they did against in Games 1 and 2, they were able to exploit other matchups uh, with that top line. They put Tom, Thomas Pokanik, a former Hab, um, against the Bergeron line. I thought they did real well. Now, yes. the Bergeron line had their chances, don't get me wrong, but uh, they, they, those chances weren't as um, marquee as they were in the first two games. See, I didn't think that Krejci played particularly well the other night. I, no, he didn't. Of all the top players, I thought he probably had the poorest game. No, and that's one you have to watch in uh, Game 4, because he usually does. um, The one thing about David Krejci is if he does have a poor game or two in the playoffs, he usually bounces back in some sort of capacity, whether it's just taking care of the puck, uh, which a couple of turnovers, uh, costly turnovers there uh, that led to uh, Leap's goals, or or just uh, trying to make plays. I do think that's going to be something to watch in uh, Game 4. Talking with Tim Rosenthal from Bruins Daily and BruinsDaily.com. Why can we review offsides four hours before a goal is scored, but we can't look and see if a puck hit the glass before it went out, before a horrible call is made that leads to an even more horrible goal? Another head-scratcher from the NHL, right? And uh, the one opportunity actually on offside that I think Mike Babcock missed was the Bram Martian goal in game one now uh, had they um had they reviewed that and um didn't and um kept the call which i think they would have i think uh bergeron um it was close but i think bergeron was just on side but had they reviewed that and uh, kept the call it would have been a penalty now at, at the same time i don't know I, I the delay of game rule itself is not a good rule i think we've uh uh, talked about that a lot on the air here, but really, uh, it uh, led to uh, uh, it led to getting that first power play goal and getting up and running a little bit because the Bruins had a little bit of a push before that uh, Nash penalty, uh, delay of game penalty, which really wasn't because we saw that hit glass. But 
you, but you know, it just um, wasn't meant to be, I guess. Well, one of the things that hurt that call too was the the official, the linesman on that side was ducking when yeah. it when it when it went up through, and and uh, when they showed it on a TV coverage replay, yeah, I'm not saying it was easy to see, but certainly Brickley, uh, who who I consider an expert on those kind of things and seeing what the puck does, mm-hmm. clearly thought it hit. Yeah, uh, it changed direction. Yeah. I think we saw pretty well on replay. It, it flipped, now sometimes yeah, the angles aren't that good, but I think you could tell um, from one of the angles um, sure. easily that the puck uh, changed direction. I think it was the one closest to the um, closest to uh, to the side where Nash uh, committed the delay of game, even, which is uh, interesting because those angles aren't really the best. Now they had Kadri out because of the uh, three game suspension. Um, what's the status of Wingos, and what's the status? I can't remember the guy that from Toronto that got hurt. It was a a check where I think Miller hit him. He turned sideways, and they said it was a lower body uh, injury, and he he didn't come back. What's the what's the status on him? Do you know? I think barring any um, any significant injury like concussions or. Or broken legs, or whatever, or what happened, Gregory Campbell, in um, a few years ago, or what happened, Nathan Horton during the Cup final. Um, they're all going to be labeled as day to day. So, and I think until you hear otherwise, they're all day to day. Now, Wingles have been skating, I believe, so he is good enough to go. But I do think it's a coach's decision right now because he has his ideal lineup that we, after the Nash acquisition, that we thought he would have. Um, uh, all all four lines um, uh, are probably the most ideal um, going forward there you, with the top two, obviously, Bergeron, Pasternak, Marshan, DeBras Krejci, uh, Rick Nash, and then um, maybe have a low flexibility on the bottom six, if, as we talked about, if guys get injured or guys get um, aren't, aren't playing well. But I think the what you see is what you get in that lineup right now. Talking with Tim Rosenthal from Bruins Daily and BruinsDaily.com. You know, a lot of fo- I, I saw my timeline that Gerard Gallant, you know, a lot of folks think he should get coach of the year. I feel like Cassidy probably uh, should get to get a little uh, get a little run in that, too. Um, what, what do you think on that? Because, you know, when I, I look over at the NBA, for example, and people talk about other guys, and I'm like, how can you discount Brad Stevens? I feel like Cassidy is in much a situation. Nobody expected the Bruins to be this good, and here they are up two to one with a chance to go up three to one tomorrow night. Yeah, and just uh, with the the way he's um, handled uh, the injuries uh, all season long, and the fact that they were this good um, at the end of the regular season and have a chance to have two more wins uh, to go in round two, I think you have to put that into consideration. Now, this is more regular season based, and I do think. Um, on uh, doing an excellent job there first year in Vegas. He does, I, uh, I, it would be a shock if he didn't get the Jack Adams award. But Cassidy should definitely be a finalist. I think he'll probably finish second in the voting when that's revealed at the NHL awards. And um, he'll definitely get consideration, and it's well-deserved. It definitely is, because I do think uh, they were, uh, going into the season, they were considered a French playoff team with a lot of hope, mind you, with a lot of the young guys. But the the way that that's been uh, fast-tracked, I do think um, I do think in any other year, uh, Cassidy would be your coach of the year, hands down. Tim, it seemed like the other night um, we saw McAvoy out with a couple different defensive pairings. Um, 
I know that uh, McQuaid went down to the locker room there for a little bit with the trainers, but it seemed like uh, Cat, uh, McAvoy played with Chara, but he also played with uh, Krug a couple times. Was that by design or was that because of injury? I think that was by design because they're traveling in the game. That's um, one of the things Cassidy really likes to do is um, have his top two offensive defensemen when they're trailing um, on the ice looking for uh, the equalizer. And I think that's what happened in uh, game three. I don't think, uh, and that's uh, something that's going to happen again if they're trailing. So um, it's paid off in some instances. Now, it's not ideal for every situation. You definitely want Chara and McAvoy in, uh, in almost every other situation, including closing games out. But looking at um, what they had to work with, uh, you, um, having Krug and McAvoy out there, your two top offensive defensemen looking for the equalizer, that's when Cassidy really wants to use them. And uh, this won't be. I don't think this will be the last time he uses uh, that pairing in the postseason at all. Tim, it seemed as though going back to uh, Donato, not that I'm pushing for him any more than anybody else, but the one other thing I would say about him, and you mentioned just briefly, you know, uh, in the playoffs, they call less penalties, I believe. Mm-hmm. And when you do get a power play, you need to take advantage of it. And that would be the one thing that Donato has been really good at is uh, being on the power play. And uh, for me, it would be worth it to dress him and play on that probably that third line with somebody going out, I would say probably Heinen, just to get him so that he could play on the power play, to be honest with you. Yeah, exactly. And even then, um, does he fit in on the power play? Because we looked at, um, at the first power play unit set with uh, Nash's return. You have uh, the Bergeron line with uh, Nash and Krug there. And then the second unit, he likes to use um, Grizzlick and McAvoy at the point. So that's... Uh, two areas, uh, two places where Denon shouldn't be. And then you have Krejci, you have Bacchus, you have DeBrusque as well. And they put Heinen in there from time to time. But even if they sit Denon for Heinen, it's not a guarantee that uh, Denon would get on the power play at all. Maybe in certain situations, uh, if uh, the power play is struggling a little bit, uh, they'll um, they'll put Denon, maybe Cassie will put Denon in just to give them a little bit of a boost. But it might be difficult to, to Talking to Tim Rosenthal from Bruins Daily and BruinsDaily.com. You got you got any predictions uh, for tomorrow night other than pain? <laughs> uh, my predictions are way off uh, in this postseason. I thought the Kings would actually upset the Golden Knights. That didn't happen. So I, I would say think... you were wrong on that, yes. Yeah, I would... so I don't think uh, you wanted to hear predictions from me anytime soon. <laughs> All right, well, it was worth a I, shot. I'm going to say the, the Bruins are going to rebound. You think so? Do. You think they're going to rebound and actually get the shot to the net? Yep, or I think okay, so. just wanted to double check on that. Okay, so you think the Bruins win tomorrow night? You yeah. feel confident? We in need that. both Nashes to be a little better. Yeah, yeah. Nash Bridges, and, I guess, uh, if you will. About Riley Nash, I thought he was okay in uh, Game Three, but yeah, I do think he needs to be a little better. Some of that is just uh, shaking off the rust from the injury, which is a little difficult to do come uh, postseason, but. Uh, he'll fill in, and he's a good uh, third and fourth liner. And if needed, um, if uh, needed, he can move down a fourth line if anything happens. He's Tim Rosenthal from Bruins Daily. We will talk to him next week. Hopefully, at this time, we'll be getting ready for round two. Yeah, and, and hopefully, uh, I'll be booked 
to Tampa or even New Jersey. Um, I'd rather Tampa for um, destination purposes, but I think New Jersey would be the better opponent. What do you guys think? I oh, agree yeah, I with think, that. I, I would, think you're right on that one. I would much rather see uh, a New if Jersey Tampa, showdown. If you want us to go plus, with you, we would go plus with you. Plus, you can drive to New Jersey in a worst-case scenario, whereas opposed to Tampa, where I think that would be kind of tough. So I'm yeah, just throwing that and out. you can even take Amtrak if needed. Yeah, absolutely. So you've got multiple options. There's stuff to take a train to Florida. Just saying. All right, Timmy, we'll talk to you next week. All right, see you, fellas. Thank, Thank you. you. Tim Rosenthal, Bruins Daily, BruinsDaily.com, right here on the B-List Daily from the Spectrum Healthcare Partners Studios across the NBR Radio Network on Sports Time Maine, AM 780. 